you dream of a classroom where learning is natural? Can we inspire students to lifelong learning? What exactly is the purpose of an education? Inspiring students to be curious, independent, creative, innovative, deep thinking, confident, proactive, collaborative, determined, educated. Rise to the challenge of changing the world. This is teaching. This is learning. This is who we are. Welcome to the Tabletop Inventing Podcast. We're excited to share the thoughts of a fantastic K-5 educator today. Clark Barnett has been an educator for 13 years in grades K-5. through During his tenure, he has spent the majority of his time teaching fourth grade. Clark earned his Master's of Education Technology from Pepperdine University in 2005, and in addition to teaching fourth grade, he's been an adjunct professor at Pepperdine University since 2006. Over the past four years, he has been teaching with iPads in the classroom and is currently piloting the only one-to-one -one tablet classroom in the Conejo Valley Unified School District. Just an opinion, as someone who's inside the system, um, what are the challenges that you face and how do you, or what are some of the practical solutions to, to getting around some of those hurdles? Okay. So I teach fourth grade in a public school. Um, and I, I'm fortunate in that I'm at a place that has a lot of technology and it appreciates that movement in technology. I don't know that it always understands it. And typically I start back to school night off demonstrating the type of learning that I'm talking about. And I've done that. Um, you know, I've been teaching for 12 years. I started my first year doing that. I wasn't, I didn't have a big technology background at that point, um, but I did have a, a solid base in teaching and, and collaborative groups and why we do groups and why you talk to each other. And so I actually always flip the table on my parents and have them do an activity um, that that their kids would do so that they can understand that their learning is enhanced by each other. And, um, then as I learned more about technology and, and the proper way to use it in my mind, um, I was, it backed off even more from what I was doing and, and that kind of that, I would say, traditional um, uh, perspective on teaching. Um, I always wanted to be um, a student-centered classroom because I, I read the books and I knew that's an effective way of teaching. And, and I think that's my, my number one goal is how do I teach in the most effective manner? And what I learned through my um, uh, Masters of Learning Technologies is that technology is the best tool to do that because you can do things with um, technology that you can't do with traditional style of, of books and learning, those types of things. Um, for example, using a wiki or using some sort of online environment. I can literally be many places at once. Um, I can check in on my kids who are online while I'm working with a group of kids in person, while I'm keeping an ear out for the kids who are working independently. Um, and, and as we move into the whole maker movement, what I'm finding is that whole process of problem solving is just um, enhanced by this. It's empowering students because they are learning that they can do more. And um, 
I don't think that there's a parent that walks through my classroom who doesn't get that. Like, oh my goodness, fourth graders are doing this. Um, and whether it's a, a virtual thing and they're they're teaching them how they built their their digital portfolio, or if it's a physical thing where they're showing them how they designed and printed an insect, or how they um, rigged up a whole bunch of LEDs that showed where the founding padres of all the missions were, and then how they printed a box and hit switches on it. I mean, oh, it, people it, loved that when we talked about that at ISTE, when I, we showed that. People thought that was amazing. I, I, Little kids could do that. Exactly. Why not? Why can't they do that? Exactly. And they... Um, they shone when they did it. Like they were the ones that just felt so proud of themselves, and they kept showing off um, what they did out in the hallway. Anytime somebody walked by, and and I'll, I'll tell you, as a teacher, you you can't have anything more engaging than a bright red button that does something. <laughs> it's almost as simple as that. And and the fact that the kids put the button in there and they knew how it worked and and what it did, I think, is just so much more powerful. Um, well, you, and you, you mentioned the, the maker movement, which I always find an interesting phrase because, right. you know, there's this what goes around comes around thing and, you know, big hair and bell bottoms goes around again and all these different things go around and and making has come back around because mm -hmm. that's how it always used to be. Mm -hmm. And I grew up as a 4-H'er and the whole 4-H motto is learning by doing and that's what this is. This is learning by doing. This is cementing concepts with physical objects, creating things with right. your hand, um, you know, interacting, collaborating, communicating. And we've we kind of swung the other way for a really long time. And I, I teach community college and I fight this every semester when I tell my students to collaborate. Right. Because they say, Well isn't that cheating? Right. And I just really have to break that whole mindset. And uh, sometimes it's a little frustrating as a teacher like, no, that's not cheating. It's okay. It's okay to communicate and collaborate. What's well, nice is teaching fourth graders, there's nothing to break. I'm not jaded yet. <laughs> right. But, you know, it's interesting. When I teach then my uh, college students, they're the ones almost always are, are afraid of technology. And they always come in. It's surprising because the, the younger generation are supposed to come in feeling confident about this stuff, right? But that's not the case. Well, I think this happens early because our experience through the summer with the boot camps mm -hmm. uh, was that the younger kids broke more things. And I actually have a rule in my lab. They saw the um, magic the smoke frequently. Yeah, <laughs> and the rule is, if, if you've never broken anything, you probably don't belong in my lab because you probably didn't learn what you needed to right. learn. And in, in our fourth and fifth grade uh, dominated boot camp, there was one in Atlanta that we did, and that was the primary age group. Mm -hmm. They broke more things in that one class than I broke the whole summer. If I take everything else mm -hmm. in the summer that was broken, they broke more in that one class. And I think it was because they weren't afraid to just plug stuff in and right. try it. Right. Well, you, you saw the kids over here. They were under the table. They were building something. And, and you know, they, they took it apart because they wanted to reconfigure it. They plugged it back in. They did not bother to check what order it was plugged right. in. And it got really hot. Right. You know, they're like, ooh, that got really hot. I wonder why that happened. Right. But they, they're, not, they're not as afraid of it. And I, <laughs> I mean, is that... You think that's contributing the difference between working with your fourth graders and working with your college students? Absolutely. Um, that and I think that uh, college students, by the time you are 20, 21, you've, you've had experiences where you were told a particular way how to do something, especially in technology. And if you didn't do it that way, it didn't work right at the end. Therefore, you failed. And I think that's how they feel, even though if they think about it, and how they learned Facebook and Twitter and, and whatever, like Snapchat, 
whatever else that they're into, they just picked it up and they went with it and they figured it out. And there is a learning curve and there is a moment where you're uncomfortable with it, but I don't know if it's peer pressure or what with social media, but kids get into that stuff. Um, whenever it becomes hands-on stuff like Legos or 3D printing or something like that, then then they get a little bit more intimidated with it because they think um, through, through whatever reason that there's a wrong way to do it. Um, and so I, I like to start in my colleges, I, I try and use the social media to show that they're comfortable with it, but I'm even surprised at that, at how many don't do Facebook or don't do Twitter. Um, but then they get to learn it and they get to kind of have that experience, or at least how it can be used in an education setting, um, which is a little different than how they're used to. But that's what we're studying, so it's good. Well, and I think, I mean, one of the things that I bring up frequently is, I mean, we have all these policy shifts and things have gone back and forth all the time, mm -hmm. but it just seems like nobody ever answers that essential question, you know, why are we doing all of this? What's the purpose of an education? Mm -hmm. And I think that's what Steve's revolving the podcast around is that essential question. Because if you don't know the answer to that, then why are you doing anything? It, you don't know why you're educating yeah. people. Yeah. I, I, go ahead. It depends on who you ask. If you're asking that question to me, um, you know, we always study John Dewey, and, and I just remember... It, one of the few few theorists that I can quote is him, and it's because he said that it's you, you, you do things you do education for the sake of education. It's not necessarily so you're going to get a better job or that you're going to get paid more or that you're going to have to learn the set of standards. You, you're doing education so that you learn, you know. And if you're going to go dig a ditch, then then you're going to learn how to dig a ditch, and you're going to learn how to do it the most efficient way that you're going to do it. But you're going to understand it. Um, there's a great TV show out right now called Going Deep with some person, and he just picks a very basic concept like digging a hole, and then he just goes for it and talks to experts, and he he looks at the physics of it and the science behind it and the machines that are used doing it, and they just like really really go in. I caught an episode on on um, on flight on how to make a paper airplane, and the guy went and he talked to an origami expert on how to fold paper, and then he went to NASA and he talked about the guys on how flight actually works, and then he went to um, somebody who won the contest, like the world holds a world record for the furthest. Uh, the paper airplane, and um, and he, he was able to figure out, I mean, they do it in a, in a comical way, but I think that's the kind of idea and, and the type of learning that we're doing, and and does it relate to getting a better job? Absolutely. Um, who doesn't want an employee who will stay at a task until they get it done and get it done well, or who will um, pull in the other people that they need to in order to accomplish the task that was given to them. Well, and I think that another piece of that is, is can they identify what they don't know and can right. they figure out what they need to know and how to find that information and right. use it? Because people don't know what they don't know. And there's so much information at your fingertips out there. I mean, you can Google mm -hmm. anything and find out anything. There's like no limits to what, how you can self-educate yourself. Right. You know, but who would think some guy making paper airplanes would go talk to NASA? But you could. Right. Why not? Right. And so, I mean, to me, that's what we need to train our students to do, is to help them learn how to ask good questions, yep. how to identify the gaps in their knowledge, and how to go find out what they need to know to, to do whatever they need to do. And, and at the same time, I would say that a big part of education is, is showing them what resources are out there. Right. Because I think all through elementary on up, they don't realize what's out there and what they can do. And I think our 
one of our jobs as as educators is to expose them to as much as possible. So I, I think eventually they get to the point where they realize it's all there. We just got to go find it. But when they start off, I don't know where the answer to this is. You know, if Siri can't answer, then I don't know what to do. So um, well, and our friends at Fable Vision call that being a dot connector. <laughs> Right. Right. You know, you just help right. them say, well, here's the resources you need. Now go for it. Right. Well, I mean, and I'm listening to you guys, you know, back and forth. And you guys are certainly the experts on the education side. I'm coming at this from uh, from the technical side. And I've spent a long time listening to Debbie and listening to you. And now she introduces me to a lot of her cool friends who are good educators. And I keep hearing the same kinds of things about education, about learning how to learn, and about you know, finding the resources you need. You know, you said something that, that I'm not sure if I agree with or not. I have to think about it. You know, I mean, the purpose of an education may not, may be its own end. I don't know. That may or may not be true. I'm so goal-driven, it's hard for me to see it that way. You know, but I, I think at the bottom of it, we, we probably all have to admit that we come at education with our own preconceived opinions about how it should be, and we come with our own, you know, feelings about how it should. When I mean, we have to test it, I mean, this is—I'm I'm an experimentalist. You have to bang on something, you know, and if it works a certain way, or if you, you know, twist it this way, or if you build it this other way, it—it it there's rules, just like there's rules in physics. Right. And I think you're gonna—I think we're gonna find as we ask this question to more and more people that we start pulling out these common themes of things that work and things that don't work. Right. And I don't know. I, I mean, I, I'm not sure I would be motivated by you know, education for the sake of education. But I'm motivated um, to find the answer to something when I'm curious. And maybe that's right. the same thing. I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like what we put together here in our boot camps and things is, you know, we try to get kids to be curious and try stuff. Mm -hmm. And then they go learn. Maybe that's the same thing. Maybe that's semantics. But I call that the pedagogy. You know, I, I say I think people want need to be educated because that's it's kind of part of being a whole person. But now, how you go about that is a different question. And I think what we did here at boot camp—that's exactly what it is. Let's give them a purpose to explore and be curious and use these tools, and and that's going to drive a whole lot of learning. And I think that there's a separation between education and learning, um, a big separation. Um, like an intentional separation, or or this is something that's diverged and it's unintentional, or it's just it's a natural fact of the two things. I would call it a natural fact. I think it's apples and oranges, but I think most people don't see it that way. Uh, and well, I don't want to say most people. A lot of people don't see it that way, and they they think of education, and then that's that's where your learning happens. But in in reality, learning is everywhere and everything you do, from when you first start driving a car to once you have your license and you break down for the first time to um, go into a grocery store or when you move someplace and, and then you start trying to figure out all the grocery stores within distance and which directions you want to go and what's the most efficient way to do it. And it, it may not have another purpose other than um, making you more comfortable, but that's still learning that's happening in a process that you're going through to get there. Now in the classroom, you bring it in by presenting a question or a problem and then turning the kids loose to solve that. I know in my college classes, Another thing that I um, have to break students out of the idea, and, and I see this in K-12 all the time, is that learning happens in these walls, and, and we go somewhere to learn between a certain time period, and that's where we go. And, um, and I, I've been working with teachers for a really long time, and most teachers don't necessarily have that mindset, but there are quite a few that, you know, this is where learning happens. Right. 
And, you know, you mentioned getting your students on Facebook and social media and all of that, and I do that also because basically that brings them out into the real world of learning. And I've had students, you know, they've had technical problems, and they've posted something, and <laughs> hopefully all that was on, caught on tape. Um, anyhow, so they've had technical problems, and I've said we'll post it out to Twitter. And they've had the tech support team of whatever that app was or whatever it was they were trying to do respond to them with an answer I couldn't have given them. Right. And I think that's fantastic. And I think we need, we need to change that mindset of learning as something you go someplace to do. You know, learning really is something that happens all the time. 24-7, no matter where you're at, you have the opportunity to learn. But that's a little bit of a hard sell for some people. They don't. You know, right. They hold on to that, you know, learning has to happen within the classroom walls. So, so you wanted to respond to that? Yeah, yeah, well, there's a couple of things that come to mind. Um, if we're going to talk about, like, education as, as, as the system, or as, like, Sir Ken Robinson explains it, like a factory, right, is designed to just crank out educated people, um, then I, I think within that system, we can influence and, and, and kind of choose our pedagogy wisely so that we can, um, again, like I said, be the most efficient teachers possible. And efficient teachers aren't about worksheets and kind of laying out as much as you can and let's get as much work out of them as possible. It's really about let's construct something that's going to engage them and it's going to make them pour themselves into it. And that's what you're going to get out of it. Um, and you, you asked earlier about some of the hurdles that is in education, and I think perception is one of the major hurdles that we have, um, both from teachers and from um, parents, because you, many teachers teach like they've been taught. It's ingrained in us. It's what we know. We always did it that way. Um, and what's really difficult now is once you get a teacher that overcomes that and they realize there's a better way to do this because they've, they've tried it both ways and they, they've felt it both ways, then you have a community of parents who have an expectation of what education is supposed to look like. And if you don't look like that, then you must not be educating my kids and then they're not going to get into a good college and then it, the, the system comes apart. Um, so getting them to believe that no, what I am teaching them is going to not only prepare them for college and for getting them into college, but for life in general is I think one of the major challenges. And the way I like to do that is um, presenting student work. When they can see the students, the, the work, the projects that they have done, and they can articulate um, how they did it and what was difficult about it and what they got out of it, then all of a sudden parents start to come around. If I can't have the parents experience this type of learning, I want them to at least experience through their children. And um, I've become more successful with that as, as I've taught throughout the years, just kind of being able to pick those opportunities and learning again how to empower the students to articulate that to their parents so that they can kind of come on board. Um, and it's I, I see both. I see parents who, who get it already, and I see parents who need to come around. Um, and it's it's always an interesting um, dynamic in a year when we do that. Well, and you mentioned that you know they, they want to be taught, or they want their kids to be taught the way that they were taught. And, I mean, for so many generations, that was easy to do. Like, if right. your father was a blacksmith, and you grew up to be a blacksmith, and your kids would be blacksmiths, and, sure. you know, for generations, up until you know, reasonably recently in history. 
And, you know, I've said this before, there's nothing I learned in high school that prepared me to teach web design, which I taught for a number of years. There was no web design when I was in high school. Right. And, um, you know, so we're, we're teaching kids, we're trying to prepare kids for jobs that don't exist. How do you even do that? So I always say you have to teach them to be curious and to learn. If they're curious and they can learn and they have a good skill set for filtering what they come across and using it, evaluating it, then they can figure out anything they need to know for any job that comes up. Right. You know, I have no idea what my some of my kids will be doing 10 or 15 or 20 years from now. Not sure what we'll be doing 10 or 15 years. I'm certainly doing something you know different than what yeah. I thought I'd be doing. Well, you, you guys are you guys continue to bend my brain, and you got to cut that out because <laughs> my brain's going to hurt if we keep doing this. We're going to get the magic smoke. Uh, yeah, we're get the magic <laughs> smoke. We all know about the magic smoke. <laughs> You said something that reminded me and just pulled me back into something that I should have been thinking all along. Because part of what we've been at aiming at is really hard is aiming at educators. Mm-hmm. But there's, I think there's a, a component of what we do that really needs to be evangelizing to parents. Mm-hmm. And the more I see what we do, the more I realize we just have this we need this huge platform of people to be listening or we need a huge platform so we can get out there so lots of people can hear what we have to say and not necessarily what I have to say honestly I mean I'm going to go down and find people like you know you and, uh, you and uh, David Thornburg uh, Eric Scheninger um, there's just, there's a lot of people out there that have some fantastic ideas about education and to be fair I've actually taken some of these interviews already so I'm uh, I'm cheating a little bit because I kind of know what's coming up in the next couple of weeks, uh, you know, here in the first uh, uh, interview here in the podcast. But we're we're going to find that not everyone agrees on everything. Sure. Um, however, I, I'm still going to come back to this. As I listen to these different uh, perspectives on education, I still hear coming back this idea that you have to be curious on your own. You can't wait for other people to um, motivate you to be educated. This idea that you show up to school uh-huh. and you know, and you know, you open the top of the brain and you pour in the knowledge, <laughs> you close the top of the yeah, brain, and you ship cool. them back out. But that's how that's how I thought about education, honestly, until I met you guys. But <laughs> but that, I mean, that's 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 probably what the society has thought about education until very very recently. And I still think you know, there's a huge section of society that still thinks that. And part of what I want to do is I want to, you know, I want to pull the curtain back on the wizard. I want people to see, hey, you know, it's a lot simpler than you think. But oh, by the way, it's a lot more complicated than you think. And here's the issues. I just want to throw it all out on the table. I mean, I, I the reason I love the makerspace thing is we just throw the technology out there. We throw when we, we just throw the kids in, you know, and, it's and it gets sink, messy. It does. It gets messy. It's sink or swim. You know. It, you know. I mean, we uh, we didn't. Did we get any tears this time? No. Well, well, we sort of did, but, but not from the students. Um, <laughs> you know, but I mean, there's there's always this experience where, where people are a little bit uncomfortable. They're not quite sure it's going to work. Um, there was a panic this morning over here. These guys' uh, uh, project was not working that well first thing this Although morning. Although we had another project that almost went poof, too. Their programming went down right towards the end. Oh, yeah. I mean, so there's always these things. Then they came back and won the whole thing. Yeah, I yeah. know. Huh? But, but the cool thing about education is that you can take the people and the experiences and throw them in and it's almost like we're programmed to to learn yes if we will just let the process happen somewhat naturally if we'll quit 
trying to shove it at people and go from the other way and say, well, what are you curious about? There's this internal drive in most of us. And I mean, I, I mean, you guys both know this. I'm having to learn this. You just have this innate ability to ask that one question that the student goes, huh, I never thought about it like that. And then the, then the wheels start to turn in the back of the head. I mean, I watched you all week. And I don't know how you got those kids to do that. I'm not sure Clark is. You're sitting there, uh, you're sitting there <laughs> sipping coffee and watching the kids and asking, you know, asking the question now and then. They did really well. And and I, this, I, I intervened in that team the least that I've intervened in any team all summer, and they did fine. Maybe I'm just tinkering too much. I, I was, I mean, I came through the system. I went through the whole lecture thing. You go to graduate school as in a, you know, in a, you know, physics or engineering or math degree, and you're going to hear a lot of lecturing. You know, really smart people get up in the front and they tell you everything they think about life. You know, and that doesn't necessarily impart any learning. Right. There's a lot of information. You could even say there's a lot of teaching going on, but not a lot of learning. Well, and yeah. there's a difference. Well, but the lear- I mean, the learning might be happening. I mean, by the time you get to graduate school, it's, it's, it's up to you. You either learn right. or you don't. And no, I would say there I, is a lot of learning happening, but it's not as a result of the teaching. I, don't I know think we'd I like could... to flip that, and we, it'd be nice if the, if the learning happened as a result of the teaching. And the, the teaching doesn't necessarily have to be information transferred, necessarily. But I don't I mean, know that, if that's, that's by the time you get to graduate school. That starts from kindergarten. Yeah, that, I mean, that's it really true. it really does. You can't. I, I mean, that quote of my teaching philosophy about how you can't teach anybody anything; you can only make them think. And you've heard me say dozens of times, my job as a teacher is to set up the learning environment, right. give them the tools, and get out of their way. When we talk about education, it, it, there's no way for it not to be messy. And you know, so as we proceed to the podcast, and we ask, you know, we ask these same questions to lots of smart people. Um, we're going to find that it's messy, and I think we're going to find sometimes that some of the things they say are going to, and they might offend us. They might, you know, offend our sensibilities, or they may, you know, contradict something we believe really strongly. And I guess what I'm hoping for in the podcast is for us to hear it out, hear out the opinions, hear out the, uh, you know, the data that we, that we get from, from all these people and try to boil it down into, you know, common principles that keep coming back that, that do work mm-hmm. and everything else is, you know, it's icing on the cake or trapping is around the edges or something that we don't worry as much about. There's this core that comes out as, you know, this is important. Yes. Um. Like you said, education is very complex, and it is because you're dealing with people. I, I had a principal one time who, after an incident, just kind of looked over at me and was like, you know, this job is just about people, dealing with people. Um, I, I like to kind of summarize anytime I'm, I'm working with young people becoming teachers or just people becoming teachers to say, you know, if, if you just boil it down to, and remember that uh, your students come first and, and um, you need to... You need to love your students to a degree. You you have to um, invest that much into them because they're going to test you and push you, um, and and that's whenever you're going to have to back off for a minute and re-examine things. 
um, and start thinking about not just the attitude and not just the lip, but what, where is that coming from? What's going on in that kid's life? What's happening at home? What's happening outside of the classroom? Um, and, and more often than not, when I meet with the parents and I get the full story, or at least their side of the story, um, I immediately have more compassion for that child, which allows me to be more patient to guide them the direction that they need to go. And um, that, that has probably been the biggest success because what happens is the attitudes change. And when the attitudes change, then they can become that curious student that we're looking for. Um, because although I believe wholeheartedly in, in maker education and this idea of presenting with the problem and pushing them for it, sometimes you get that kid that gets checked out. And um, I, I think it is abnormal. Um, and, and when you investigate a little bit more, you usually find that there's a reason for it. Um, I'm fortunate to work in a place with um, uh, pretty well-rounded kids uh, with stable family lives, at least that I know of. Um, um, my colleagues who, who work in areas where, where the family life is not as stable for, for a number of reasons or they don't get three square meals a day, those types of things, they have a much harder uphill battle because I, I have to do that with two or three kids. They have to do that with 20 or 30 kids. Um, and, but, but that's where it starts. You, you have to go deeper than just the interaction here in the classroom. So I would say that learning doesn't just happen in the classroom, it, it, neither does teaching. I would agree. Yeah, well, what Clark, what Clark said reminds me of something you said, we'll wrap with this, and that is that uh, a big fraction of teaching is actually, it's the people. Um, and um, what, is it, what is it that you always say? Well, most of, most of teaching is counseling or psychology. Yeah. Right. It doesn't matter what the subject area is. Most of what you have to do is get their trust so that they'll let you take them someplace they've not been before. And that requires a lot of trust, especially with technology, especially with teachers teaching technology. You know, you just have to get their trust. Yeah. So as we go on this, this little podcast journey, uh, we'll definitely be back Good. to talk to you. I think. Good. Anytime. And uh, I definitely need to, to get you involved a little more here. I think the, uh, the questions that you ask and the things that you bring up and pull out from the conversations are different than what I would bring up. So thank you guys for taking a a few minutes. Thank you for helping us make boot camp really well. Thank you for, yeah, uh, thank you helping, for helping us kick off the podcast. Ah, pleasure. Let's do it again. All right. <laughs> thank you for joining us for the Tabletop Eventing Podcast, where we are seeking to answer the question, what is the purpose of an education? You can connect with us on facebook.com slash tabletop inventing or on Twitter at ttinvent. To learn more about Tabletop Inventing, visit our website at www.ttinvent.com. Join us again next time when we will again seek to answer the question, what is the purpose of an education?